We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good afternoon and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, all good. It's... uh club time getting off tournaments yes. and uh back in the uh pod cave and uh i need to get coached up i need oh, to man i gotta spend my time every week with you to, uh, to get back. some new nuggets and take them in the gym oh man i'm glad to be in here learning how's your squad doing oh we're doing well i, I heard uh, you guys had a good tourney that's the rumor has it we did we um we were in division three okay. and um this year there are 12 teams per division so last year they started that so it was 16 for the longest time and so we're in the sort of the top 36 teams in southern california and then we won well we went to the finals which allowed us to move up so okay. we, we went uh, i believe five and two on the All on right. the weekend good. and it was okay. it was fun and i thought we played some good ball and definitely like got better as the weekend went on and started uh, started really i thought competing so yeah, that was really it's fun, fun. Yeah, yeah it's fun absolutely we're into it and uh yeah we got everyone's getting along you know it's still early All right. <laughs> and they're enjoying the honeymoon it period. The honeymoon period. <laughs> no but we, it's been great and I'm, I'm thrilled so and they work hard they learn and those are my big two things that i really you know enjoy working with on a team so awesome i'm, I'm stoked so Sounds like, it? it sounds like you're on the skill for the week. All right. Well, the skill is uh, a little different one. It's okay. uh, a coaching skill, and it, it's uh, titled Techniques for Creating a More Positive Coaching Framework. Oh, okay. Nice. I like that. And uh, you've been around me enough to know that uh, if we look on this continuum, one of the things that I, I kind of like when I uh, look at coaches is this continuum of high standards, high support. Oh, I like that, yes. So, hey, we wanna have high standards. And that gets me when I go around the gym and I see coaches who, you know, hey, balls are hitting the floor, or, you know, people don't cover and nothing's done, you know? And then the coaches are going, oh, my kids don't care, whatever. It's like, well, are, are you training them? And do you have high standards? Are you reinforcing those standards on a consistent basis? And I think that's something that for me has come much more naturally <laughs> than high support. Right. Okay. I see. So, yeah. you know, like I was an old school guy, like, hey, yeah, we go for it, you know, do this. You know, I mean, I grew up and, you know, started coaching basketball when Bobby Knight was like, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> like he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know, right. and now people are like, oh my God, you, you were into Bobby Knight. You know? <laughs> well, uh, uh. <laughs> Right. But that's what was, I mean, hey, that was, was back different. then, that yeah. was what it was, you know? For so, sure. so for me, I've had to, I haven't had to work as much with the high standards as I have with high support. Okay. So yeah. I kind of want to go through my kind of evolution and I'm always still trying to work on, hey, what are those things we're doing so I can balance that, those high standards and holding those standards, which means, 
hey, they got to get some feedback. Uh, sometimes it's, it's not positive. They're right. not doing things the way we, they're not upholding the standards that we've set. Right. Uh, so how do I balance that out with, uh, positivity? Okay. I like that. That's All a right. great topic. Yeah, for sure. So number one, uh, I always talk about practice because that's where we spend most of our time. So, right. Hey, we come in and you know, we like to play at the beginning of practice. Okay. And that play is also a time for me to connect. And maybe sometimes I might jump in and play, which is oh, like, wow. they laugh like, ah, 64 year old guys trying to play with us. And if I win a point, you know, I'm talking trash. And so just kind of connecting in that competitive way, because okay. once practice really starts, I mean, when I was 20, I was playing and I was into it, right? Because right. that's what you do when you're 20, you're into playing, you know? Right. Uh, but I don't play anymore in practice unless it's just dire emergency. You know, right. uh, we have five heart attacks on the court. You know, oh, <laughs> coach has got to play now. You know? but, yeah. uh, but that's a time to connect and see, you know, hey, uh, that beginning of practice. So there's kind of this light way to get together. Uh, and I'm not giving a ton of, you know, feedback in that beginning of practice. The game is set up to be fun and kind of fast. Okay. Uh, so we try to start with this positive kind of fun way to start practice. And then we get into rituals and you know that uh, we start with a quote. Yes. That quote always kind of puts us in our culture framework, which is there's a positive type of quote, right? right, right. Uh, so that, because that is part of every time we meet, we start off with these two positive things where I can't be nagging and complaining early in practice because right. I have these things that are already set, set up. up. Right? Okay, right, okay. Um, and then uh, building on those rituals and just going to the end of practice or the match is the same thing, is that we have rituals for shout outs for those who exceeded standards. Okay. Uh, and even, you know, we have 11s right now and we today these little serving stats. And when we meet after the tournament, we'll say, oh, these players exceeded those standards. So we always are sending, you know, beginning practice or sending kids out with these positives at the end. So that's built into the culture. Every practice, I love that. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Uh, next one uh, is skill work. Okay, and we've talked about this before, uh, and that is the idea of error correction versus scouting for models. Yes. Okay. Yes. So in the old days, I was all, "Oh, I'm coaching. I'm correcting all these errors. Yeah, fix this, fix this, fix this." And now I'm all, "Wait a minute." This is a problem we have. Who is doing it well? Right. Let's bring them out, put them in front of everybody, show them that, and then seeing if we can catch some other people copying them. Yes, and if I could just add one little thing there. Yeah, they don't definitely. have to be doing it perfectly because obviously on your team, you're, they're still stretching for it. But you might say something like, this person's doing it really well. This is the closest to what I've seen on our team. It's well, like it's that. not even perfectly, it's, but can you narrow it down yes. so it's a good model? Right. And it might not be passing perfectly, but... They're on two feet yep. and they're balanced. Absolutely, yeah. And, or their platform angle, whatever that, whatever you're working on, they're doing that to a level where if all your players did that, you'd be happy. Yes, yes, <laughs> so okay. That's nice. it, it's not, like might that. not be perfect. Right. Uh, so that is kind of that idea of scouting for models. So hey, even though I'm correcting errors, somebody is, is getting pumped up because they're a model. Right, I love it. Okay. Uh, the culture stuff, I'm, always looking for it and celebrating it so it's like hey who shags who, who shags right who runs back after water who's the first one back 
And can we celebrate that stuff when it happens? People complain about their culture, but are they consistent in reinforcing it all of the time? And practice is a great time to do it. And it's all those little things. My 11s right now, uh, I'm into the way they do cheers. And I I think they're they're doing crappy cheers. (laughs) They're doing cheers and kind of walking away and going to get water like halfway through the chair. Oh, We got to do it again. Yeah, get back in here. Yeah, get back in. I mean, yeah. hey, can you get connected with your eyes, get connected with your voice, mm-hmm. and get connected with your hands? Okay. Like and that. that's how we do a cheer, right? And right. ours is going to be better than every other team we play. We're going to be more connected. I love it. That's and awesome. so just doing little stuff like that that reinforces culture in that positive. So they're getting it not just from me. It's coming from each other. And can we create that? that? So they're getting positives from each other. I love that. I have a great one on this. So last night we played the 15 ones and they have a, a girl who's like six, three, six, four on their team, a middle. <laughs> and one of our, one of ours is be bold, right? Just be bold. Yeah. And our girl just goes up and just gets housed. The biggest block of the year. Just, <laughs> I was like, way to go. You were yeah. definitely bold. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, it does. It, again, and it doesn't have to be imperfection. It, it can be imperfect and you can celebrate those things. Right. I love it. So yeah. they, they go for a ball. Don't make the play. Hey, way to go. Be aggressive. You know, all that stuff. I love it. Well, so and that takes me to the next one. It's a great segue is find time to laugh as a team. Yes. And so, uh, you know, when you talk about being bold and you get this big roof and then you kind of look and go, hey, <laughs> there's our being bold model right there. And you're just and everybody laughs, right? right everybody exactly. laughs because, hey, you're losing this point And, you know, some teams might feel embarrassed or whatever. And the coach might not say anything or whatever. But you're making a joke and kind of celebrating yeah. and reinforcing your culture and taking the pressure off them and finding ways to, uh, you know, keep things positive, even when for some coaches, they'd be, oh, it's a big block. Why are you trying to hit through it? You know, and trying to give a bunch of technical feedback or something on that, right? Yes. Uh, Next one is take responsibility as a coach. Mm, That is, hey, that was a bad drill. I set it up wrong. It's not your fault. Let's let me try it again or do something or, hey, you don't play well in the match. Hey, I didn't have you guys prepared. It was, it's, so can you take responsibility and take some pressure off your team saying that, hey, you're in this together. Uh, So that's been big. Uh, The next one we've talked about before, encourage experimentation in super small time blocks. This is fun, it's fun to experiment. So we talked about, uh, I think, uh, episode or two ago about, uh, we were talking about the serving, like five five different serves and name them. I love that, yes. Um, Attacking, can you hit the ball? I want you to hit the ball four times on a different part of your hand each time. Uh, (laughs) Okay. you know, can everybody jump set, right? Yes. I'm teaching our 11 slide approaches, right. right? And so it's just trying new stuff is is fun. It keeps yeah. things lighter and more positive. Uh, next one, keep score. Yes. And yes. I'm really on teams to keep score because it's more fun. Yeah. And we also have our for the game rule, you know. What's the for the game rule for you guys? What do you like to do? So when it's the last point of any drill or game, if the team that is going to is has game point or match point or whatever, doesn't say for the game. 
Oh. They don't win the point. Oh, okay. Okay. So nice. we have to, everybody has to know when we're playing big points. because We want to be yes. good at big points. But if people are oblivious to when the big point is, <laughs> right. they're going to know in a, in a match, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So they have to know when practice. So okay. they don't say for the game, you know, the team, oh, I didn't hear it. I didn't yeah. hear it. You know? <laughs> I like that. That's so cool. that's okay. a for, that's nice. the for the game rule. So right. uh, along uh, next one is as far as practice planning, be sure to communicate how each drill or game will end. And I think this is big for uh, just, you know, if players ha are in practices and they don't know when something is, in is going to end and they're in it too long, that's the worst thing that can happen to bring the most negative vibes to your practice. Yes. So whether yes. it's time, we're doing this for two minutes, whether it's, hey, we're going to play to five, whether it's, hey, we, we need four in a row and then we're done, whatever it is, have some kind of designated ending so they know. I like and that. I think that's probably the biggest thing for keeping things positive in practice. Uh, next one, effort, challenge, and get excited. Uh, effort, challenge, and get excited. Uh, and that is, hey, if we want teams to have this defensive intensity, then I like saying, hey, I'm going to put balls in play and stretch somebody to make a move yes. to start rallies. I like that. And if we do that, then, uh, hey, I can celebrate great. We, so we we just create an environment where they're going to be great plays. Yes. Yeah. Because we're right. stretching them. But right. if you don't do that, that you might not get great plays. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so sure. can we create that? Uh, and then finally, I think it's uh, the idea, uh, lastly, of, you know, connecting with kids and finding out kind of what makes them tick. Yes. I'm not great at this, uh, but, you know, I'll say, hey, it's football season, right? We're in playoff football season. Are there kids that watch football? And I can talk sports with anybody, right? right. And so <laughs> yeah. can I find a way to, you know, talk football or, you know, what's, what are the kids' favorite class? I was an English teacher. So I go, oh, what are you reading? Right. So I can connect with kids on some ways that are outside of volleyball. And then, you know, sometimes I would see something. I mean, I, I mean, we always talk about, you know, Matza is a funny kid. You know, we both coached her and yeah. she's a volleyball nerd. So for her, it's yes. easy, but she was a big Nebraska fan. Okay. Yeah. So when we were at the final four, you know, I'm texting her, right? right. Because I'm sending her Nebraska pictures right. and stuff. Nice. And okay. So just, can you connect with kids on a way? It's not about their play or something. It's about right. something they're into, or you I see something that. that reminds And Remember Adrian was another one of our kids. Yes. She was a speech debate kid. Oh yeah. So like I would, I, I heard this pod about, Oh, it was a uh, Malcolm Gladwell pod okay. on debating, and oh, I nice. sent it to her. Nice. So okay. it was uh, so. That's it. I love it. I love it. Can okay. I throw one in? Oh, by all means, okay, you can so, throw a bunch. So, the, according to that, la uh, the last one as far as the end of practice match, we do that at the beginning, and we have one question a day, and and it goes for everyone. And what it'll and I take the questions from this series. I found that has been shown to enhance um, connection and intimacy between people. Oh, between, wow. Okay. Right? And so we give them one question from that series. I have to not do some of them, obviously, but for I mean, in general, they're just kind of about closeness and how you interpret stuff. Okay. And so we'll put them in sort of small groups in front of the whole give group. Give me an example of a question. It's you... like, what is something that really, really scares you? 
okay. something yeah, like yeah, that, okay. you know? And, and so you put them in small groups, they won't share as much when they're in the big groups. We put them in small groups first and then they you get about a minute there to share out their answers. And then we come back and say, does anyone want to share one? Yeah. And it just lightens the mood. Everyone feels cool, good. They yeah. feel connected. We've been having a blast with that. And and the other thing. Right. That, and you just need little tiny bits of time. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. You don't just labor it. And, and the other thing is just I, the confidence of knowing like these questions will bring these people together if they are sort of genuine about it. It's cool. Yeah. You know, I like it. So, all right. Good cool. stuff. All right. That Good takes stuff. us uh, back to you for a scenario. What do you have okay. for us today? So the scenario is sort of uh, something I've been thinking a lot lately, and it's initiation. And the topic is basically initiation matters. And the reason I've been thinking about this a lot lately is if you don't know, um, listeners, I ruptured my Achilles twice last year and, you know, was in the boot for a long time. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know, it felt like forever. Um, and I couldn't do some of the things that I wanted to do as far as initiation. And I still wanted to get as much as I could out of my team. And so it got me thinking, well, A, this is a big challenge for coaches in general, and obviously for coaches that are limited in some way, it's a challenge. So I wanted to give some people some information about it. And I wanted to start off with a few sort of just ideas. I mean, the goal of initiation is to get the most out of your players. And the way you do that is depends it's on so many factors, right? So there's not a one size fits all, and this is how you should initiate. But I think one of the things we want to think about is what is game like? And there's a need for a balance between randomness and control when you're initiating, okay? Right. Especially with the youngest teams, yep. you really need to have both in your practice, but you, they do need to, a degree of control when you're putting the ball in because if it is random, they just won't make plays. So right. sometimes you got to put, put it on them. Um, my belief is that too many coaches err on the side of control as they get older and they kind of stay in that mode of sort of hitting down balls to their team and sort of throwing balls over the net to easily to their team. Um, and they don't get enough randomness. So that's sort so of you my think belief. that's the older coaches. No, as the, as the players get older, I'm sorry. Oh, as I'm the saying. players yeah, get older, yes. I thought you were talking about coaches older no. because I see a lot of young coaches are just yes. grooving balls. That's right? what I'm saying. And, and they kind of are in the, the player mindset of, I, I got to hit everything up top, you know, way high, you know, with top spin, like, and I got to crush everything. And there's just so many different ways you can initiate. And I'm going to get into a bunch of those here All in right. just a second. And then there's an acclimation period where the athletes are struggling, but you can still get it. And what that means is like you want enough randomness that they can't cheat the drill. Right. So you got to have uh, be tough, you know, otherwise it's not going to. Well, I good. think the the I was listening to a pod the other day and the, the term that was used was challenge point. Oh, can nice. you find the sweet spot yes. for challenge point? Yes. Where it's not too hard, right? right. Where, hey, people are running around because balls are out of play all the time and they're never playing volleyball. But it's not too easy where it's just, right. hey, how many balls are they going to get that are, it looks like a coach with perfect topspin that's grooved right between right. their knees, you know? To right. Break day, <laughs> exactly. Right? And there's a time to do that, but there's also a time to not do that. And I think, right. well, I think and they I do would, that too often. Yeah. And I yeah. would say that, hey, at the lower levels, you know, not that many balls come like that to them. Right. Absolutely. So, but, but if you want to get something specific out of their technique, that's going to happen. Sometimes right. you need to do it. Right. right? So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, next, finally, I got two more quick things. Match the type of plays that you'll receive in the match with your initiations. Right. So I think, again, 
are we hitting are we seeing mostly spinners with perfect top spin or are we seeing mostly serves or are we mostly seeing well spikes? you're seeing serves so right. you gotta have that and that's always a challenge for me is serves slow things down absolutely so it's it's always easier to oh we'll just throw balls in and we keep this tempo high and the kids yeah. are oh it's so fun because tempo's high but you can't serve receive <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's an issue yeah so you gotta have some serve receive in there and how do you build that in and balance that right? absolutely and the final thing i'll say just being in my 30th year coaching is save your arm okay when is speed necessary i mean i do so many lessons and whatnot and my arm is is fried after that so can coaches save their arm a little bit when they can um when is speed necessary and when it's not Right. So is, is every ball that you put in, does it have to be high speed? I would say not necessarily depends on what you're working on. Right. So let's get into it. All right. What do you got? All right. Bowling. Okay. Bowling is the bowling. underhand spinners. Yep. Okay. And it recreates topspin without you having to use an arm swing. Yep. And the coach can look and coach and initiate at the same time. So to me, if you're going to do spinners and you're not going to crush it at them and you don't need to, then bowling is a good option here. I like it. Okay, because you don't, when you're talking. I can many, bowl. Yeah, you can bowl. I can bowl. Oh, yeah, nice. I can bowl. Okay. I can bowl with accuracy. There you go. Right? Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Hit 300. Low and yeah, yeah. yeah. make them work. You can make yeah. them work with it. And you can look. That's the other thing I really like. You can right. look, right? You, your eyes aren't coming the to the, you don't need your eyes on the ball. You're right. Okay, so overhead spinners, we talked about this. There is this idea of grooving your passers, right? And what that means is they don't have to break form a lot. They they don't get a ton of randomness. And I think I, I, I can see that for a little bit. But what I see all too often is kind of coaches making their players look good with these spinners versus them really being at that challenge point, like you were mentioning. Earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess I, I, I've moved away unless we're trying even, you know, I used to say, OK, well, we'll we're not going to do any overhead spinners anymore. Uh, unless we're trying to put it on a player for a certain thing. So we would say, okay, well, we'll have a coach do it because we want the ball to go to the setter for the first ball. Right. But, but then I started thinking, well, wait a minute. We're trying to get our kids to hit the right back all the time. And we're always saying that they're not very good at it. So can we start the rally with them hitting a down ball to right back? And if they yeah. miss, they miss. Right. But we're practicing that. So we're getting both sides of the equation. So like I'm that. trying to yeah. do, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get away from a lot of the overhead spinners. Absolutely. And just coach initiation in general, if you can, if yep. you can give it to your players. Yep. And that, that, that was one of the big realizations when I, when I got my, you know, Achilles popped was, I don't need to be the one putting the balls in. I'm gonna, yep. I want to give these guys extra reps over time. It'll, it'll work. All right. Next one is the quick swing. Okay. And they were doing this with the men at the convention. And I, I sort of flashed back to it. I was reminded of it. It's where your arms already up kind of with a sort of higher load and you just toss and swing down on it. Um, maybe from a box or something like that to, in order to mimic a quick, right? You don't okay. give the block a long time to develop. Okay. Yeah. I think right? some of that stuff is, yeah, some of that stuff's good because you can't really simulate that any other way. Right. Right. And then, then obviously next is serving tough. I mean, when your coaches do it, they'll be obviously much more controlled than when your players do it. Right. So if you have a coaching staff that can serve tough, that's awesome. But you also need to back them out of it and have your players serve tough and get all that randomness. We, we played the team last night, probably hit the net 15 times with their serve. And we just haven't practiced that. And uh, we got aced every time, <laughs> I mean, yeah. practically, you know. So anyways, we need all that randomness. 
peppering serves. Peppering serves is kind of what I think of as putting balls that are floating and they're giving some challenge, but again, they're kind of at that challenge point. And this is generally like in a serve, I mean, a coach or in a lesson or something like that. So that's peppering serves. Underhand tossing. There is a time to underhand toss. Okay. So maybe you're doing uh, a bunch of quick hitting reps to the outside. Generally, I have my setter setting. So you might underhand toss to the setter if you want them to have their feet there. I almost never underhand toss, but there are times, I guess, that you would do it, you know. Um, How about if you want, um, you want to toss balls tight to hit? Yeah, see, that would be a good one. Yeah, I like that. And then I would also say something maybe where you're generating something from the end line and, and you're going to toss it super high into the air, give your setter time to run, mimicking like a high dig to the backcourt, okay. something like yeah. that. You know, you maybe wouldn't want your players to do that, so yeah. I could do that. Um, and then how do you – where do you stand when you initiate where do you, where, where do most coaches stand, would you say, when they're initiating in general? Just, just every drill combined into one, where, do, where would they stand? Is it six on six? Is it yeah, two sided? Yeah, six on six. Yeah. Um, usually, a lot of times we're in the, in the right, right back because right. balls are coming over there because left sides are preparing out there more. So, right. the preparation on the right side is usually not as wise. So, that's a lot that's of times too. Yeah. yeah it's that's coming from that. It's and it's and that's not bad, right? But just can you be aware that you're probably gonna get more time there and you gotta initiate from everywhere? I like the idea of initiating more balls from the end line, but then it goes to you have to coach from back there too, right? And maybe right. you're not. But as if close it's from the end line, then the ball's in the air longer, so right. things are slower. Right. Is it a serve? If it's not a serve, are they getting a lot of balls from the end line? I mean, right. it's like the type of ball they're getting. And so right. uh so those are all the questions that are uh, makes this topic a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And the other one that I don't see people do that often is, and they do it in uh, conking. I call it conking. It's just an underhand serve, essentially. Yeah. Um, I, I used to see that all the time on, you know, running uh, like a circle drill kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of when you're going to initiate the ball to the setter for the second contact, conking that ball to the setter. It's a little uglier than a toss, a little yeah. less controlled. And a little messy and i like that right a little yeah. more at that challenge point for a little bit more advanced setter you know what i mean um throwing balls dropping balls i saw i saw russ rose just kill his team oh. on video with, by just throwing balls yeah no <laughs> he know? was no he's an he's, he's a nut he's yeah. a master and then um you can you can really find their range when you're doing that right so sometimes hitting it it takes a little while to work out but if you throw a couple you're like oh that's your range yeah. and then you can start hitting them there too and then I mean, I think there should be more self-toss and hit from over the net. That's the other type of initiation that I don't see happening that often. And it could be from the players. It should be from the players mostly. But even coaches, especially when they're trying to work on something in particular, a little self-toss and hit from over the net because that's what you're going to see. I mean, maybe not even self-toss because that's in line. So even getting set, right? And then finally, a bounce off the ground. You see a lot of this with the men, right? You hit it off the ground and bounces really high. Yep. I like that because it has a little more direction than the toss. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times toss is a little more straight down and uh, it impart the spin can kind of impart some direction on it. And then finally for the, for the big, for the big guys, the hitting machine, right? right. Uh, the hitting machine can just absolutely gas it up and it can hit super hard. Um, but you're my favorite topic. Coupling, right. Is not happening with the hitting machine. There's right. no reading. 
Right. Right. So you're getting some degree of skill, but how transferable it will be could be debated. Right. So I, just a bunch of ideas. Oh, and then hitting off of the BOSU ball, you know, like the balance ball. Yep. I love that. Creating some different uh, tool types of scenarios. And um, yeah, I mean, just a bunch of different ideas for how people can uh, initiate a little differently for a little bit more advantage. Yep. What, do you, what do you got? You got any on this? No, I just like the the randomness and we're trying to do a lot where, hey, um, the players are hitting the down balls. So yes. We're trying to work on players getting their hand on the ball with shape and spin. Um, the coaches don't need to work on it, but yeah. the players need to work on it. So okay. can we just, you know, if a player's out, she's just tossing a ball to, let's say, our middle back who let's say is going to be a pipe attacker and needs to work on shape and spin from the back row. Right. Yeah. And so we're starting a bunch of rallies with that person going, Hey, can that person be good at imparting shape and spin on the ball? Yeah, absolutely. Get, get, get good by coaching and hitting some balls as a coach, quote unquote, right. The players that are coaching themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, the stuff that we need to do, you know, I, I think there's some, a bunch of random stuff like, Hey, when coaches hitting off the block, I think that's something that, you know, uh, a coach has to do Uh, and throwing into the net sometime to play out of the net. So those are things. I like it. All right. I have some videos. Okay. Hey, I went to the AOC website and there's so many great culture videos. There are three of them here. One is uh, John Dunning and Mike Seeley. It's an hour. So they go, they go through two PowerPoints and it's really good. Mark Barnard is another one. He just retired from Oregon state. Mark's a, uh, uh aussie guy he's a great guy so he has uh he has one and then the last one is uh, creating a culture of confidence uh laura casey who was an assistant at minnesota all right all right what do you have for uh the resource resource. i literally just found out about this resource today i had something else lined up but this is such a good resource seven and a half lessons about the brain lisa barrett and she's a neuroscientist she's a renowned world famous neuroscientist and she goes through seven interesting papers about the brain that are absolutely fascinating just fascinating it just make you think i gotta about check it out it's so worth it so i have one thanks for being on please feel free to check out our socials on instagram at aoc.thevolleypod and on twitter at the volleypod thank you so much Todd. well Super done fun. davis Take good care. job buddy see ya